All right, happy Friday, Orange fans. Welcome back to Locked On Syracuse. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, as we have you every single weekday, your only daily Syracuse podcast out there. And Ty, the recruiting news keeps coming in. We're staying busy here on Locked On Syracuse because Syracuse is after a new center all of a sudden, a 2020 guy, Quincy Ballard, who is set to announce his decision Tomorrow, Saturday at noon, are the reports, courtesy of our guy Matthew Gutierrez and a couple others right now. And he's trimmed his list to his top five. The Orange have offered late, and they're in the discussion here, which I guess it's a good thing to see them still active going after some front court members after missing out on Tepay. Clearly, front court has been a target for this coaching staff. And it's been an interesting target, but makes sense, I guess, a little bit in this case. Quincy Ballard. A Syracuse guy, he he went to Henniger High School for a little bit. Real late bloomer. A lot of yeah. his offers have actually come this week, especially the ones that ended up in his top five, which, to lay it out for you, Syracuse, Cincinnati, Florida State, Maryland, NC State. So five pretty big programs there, especially on the basketball side of things. But, no, this is another interesting case of Syracuse getting itself into the mix for yet another big man. Yeah, it's an interesting top five because, I mean, he is the definition of a late bloomer. He doesn't even have ratings on 247sports.com, but that is a pretty Nor solid. A picture. Yeah, no picture, no nothing. It's very Jesse Edwards-y a little bit. The only Marek thing Dolezal, is he, yeah. Yeah, he, he actually grew up in the Syracuse area, like you mentioned, and now he's down playing in North Carolina at Quality Education Academy. Great name there for that school. Yeah. but he's Quality seven, Educators. Yes, exactly. You're getting a quality education there in Winston-Salem. So maybe NC State is a little bit closer to home now, and that could be a strong contender. We don't really know, but we do know that Syracuse offered him, and then about two days later, he announced his top five and said he's making a decision. Literally, like, the day that we found out about the Syracuse offer, we found out a decision was coming Saturday. So maybe he's just been waiting for the school that was close to home when he grew up to offer him. Or maybe he already knew, which I think is more likely that he's been talking to some of these other schools and Syracuse might be a little bit too late to the party here. And honestly, for someone like him, we'll just call it like it is. He's kind of a project. He's very raw. He's similar to a lot of these other centers Syracuse has offered late in the process here. The only difference is he does have some weight. He's seven feet, but he's 245, 250, depending on where you look. So he has that going for him, but... There's really already a lot of centers ahead of him, and I don't even know if Syracuse is the best fit for him playing time-wise. Right, definitely filled out his frame. Took a post-grad year, too, which I think is worth mentioning. He had two years at at Quality Education Academy, so two years of getting a quality education. (laughs) And over the last two years, he's actually grown four inches, and it has really filled out his body accordingly as well. So, like, I, I remember I was looking through his YouTube clips, and... The first one I saw, it said Quincy Ballard, 6'8", and I was like, what, wait, what? I thought he was a 7-footer, and then I read Mike Waters' article on Syracuse.com about how he is 7 feet tall, and, and he has grown over the last two years, so definitely a lot different, but like you said, it'd be another project Syracuse would be taking on, and at the end of the day, you kind of look at your roster and say, how many projects do we want to take on, because at the end of the day, there's only so much time you can put into coaching these guys. Jesse Edwards was notably the big project from last year, and it seems like, according to all signs, that he has taken 
some steps. And, and even you saw it towards the end of the year in ACC play, he had taken some steps towards becoming a, a quality player and someone who could make an impact for this team. But it it's... It's not ideal, I think, for Syracuse. You don't want to be clogging up all this scholarship time at the center position. So he would be the fourth guy that you'd be adding onto this roster who is a true center. It's interesting, right? Because to some extent, center is their biggest weakness in the area they need to attack the most because right. of what we've seen. The but why are we of- throwing darts? Why is Syracuse throwing darts? I, I don't get that. Like, you're Syracuse University. You shouldn't have to throw darts. Yeah, that's true. I think part of it is they're just missing on the Isaiah Stortz and the Kofi Cockburn, or Coburn, I should say, and and who just declared for the draft, actually. And they're then, you know, you have to find someone that's kind of specific to the zone and can actually blossom into that. So they're going after these project types that have that type of size and frame to play the zone. It's weird because I feel like Quincy Ballard, if you get him, that's good. But I feel like it doesn't change next year at all. I mean, he might even redshirt given that John Bolajak is there, Jesse Edwards is there. And obviously next year in particular, you got Dolja and Sidibe that could play some of the center position. They will leave. So why not go after another one, I guess? But you're right. It's, it's like they're just throwing darts here and trying to get one of these projects to stick. And they really haven't. Yeah, because center is one of those positions where you don't need to recruit in every single cycle, right? I mean, if you're getting one every two years, or maybe maybe you go back-to-back every once in a while, but you don't need a center in every single class. Like, you can get away with it for a little bit. Now, I will say this. You're not going to find a walk-on center, too, right? No. Because the seven-footers, 6'10", 6'11", guys don't grow on trees, you, you can find a walk-on guard or a PWO at, at the guard position. You can't find it at the center position necessarily. But you, you can find them in the transfer market. And transfers are going to be a huge part of the college game moving forward. And guess what? There's probably going to be an abundance of centers every single year that enter the transfer market. I mean, we're even seeing it now in the transfer market. And I know we're going to talk about Matt Harms later on, but I, I just think... Right now, with Syracuse, you've got a chance to put yourself in a position to be really good next year, okay? You've added Alan Griffin, and for all intents and purposes of this exercise, let's just say this rule passes and transfers are able to play next season. That would be a a huge gift for Syracuse, and you have a lot of these older glue type of pieces on your team. You could have a really good season next year. Quincy Ballard doesn't help you in that regard. A guy like Matt Harms does help you in that regard. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, let's dive into his top five a little bit more and break down the chances of Syracuse getting him. Again, Quincy Ballard trying to add another Quincy to the front court here is Syracuse. And his decision coming Saturday at noon will get you set for that and break down his chances of coming to SU next. Okay, 2020 center, Quincy Ballard, breaking down the chances that Syracuse can get him. This is, again, kind of happened sort of spur of the moment here in this hefty recruiting week for Syracuse. All of a sudden, he's got a top five, and he's got a decision coming tomorrow on Saturday at noon, according to reports. His top five, Maryland, who 
was after Barama Sidibe, too. They seem to always be in discussions. They were after Tepay as well. Cincinnati, Good Syracuse, of course, NC State, and Florida State. So that is his top five, and NC State obviously kind of close to home. Part of the reason why I think it's like kind of important that Syracuse did recruit him here is because let's just play the hypothetical game and say that he pans out and becomes a project that really delivers for, say, an NC State or a Florida State that's in your conference. Imagine how many people will be upset two, three years from now if he's putting up 15 points on Syracuse for another ACC school, and we knew he was in our backyard the entire time, and we just missed him. Right, and it's kind of like the Kevin Herter game. Ironically, Maryland's also a part of this situation here, too. So, yeah, I mean, I remember when he came into the Dome, and people were pretty upset about Mm -hmm. that whole situation right there. Why didn't they go after him? You've seen the same thing with Jordan Wara as well. Why didn't Syracuse go go a little harder after a guy like him? So, yeah, th- I mean, there's definitely the 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 whole backyard situation. And guess what? You do have to show guys in in proximity to you that sort of love because you should be whenever there's a a can't miss product in your area. Not saying that Quincy Ballard is a can't miss product, but right. At some point in time, there is going to be another can't-miss product in the Syracuse area or the radius around it, stretching out to Buffalo or however far you want to go. So, I mean, you could even say, not that he's can't-miss, but there's a quality player in Baldwinsville right now in J.J. Starling. So you have to make sure you're showing these guys love because they are kind of one of your own they grew up rooting for you in all likelihood so yeah you have you do have to show some loyalty it is your duty as a program to show loyalty in that respect yeah totally and i think it's worth putting an offer to him now i don't necessarily know what this means for a joshua morgan because obviously ballard would play immediately whenever there is a college basketball season assuming it starts on time he'd be ready to go for 2020 there you don't really know I mean, Joshua Morgan probably won't be based on what we're hearing from the transfer rule. And I'd probably rather have Joshua Morgan than Quincy Ballard. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm with you there because Ballard or uh, Morgan has shown it at a level so far. And I mean, a defensive player of the year out West and and averaged two and a half blocks a game. My other reason is this, and, and this is not necessarily a vouch for Morgan. This is a vouch kind of towards Matt Harms. And I think perfect scenario, Syracuse ends up with Matt Harms. Absolutely. You don't want a log jam at the center position with all all these scholarship years allocated there, especially if we're looking at 2022 and Syracuse is primed to make this big run at a bunch of one and dones and you're all logged up at the, in your scholarships at the center position. That's not what you want. You you want to have some flexibility to work with there. And maybe you can get four, five, six guys who are all four and five star guys and, and really load up that class. And maybe even splash in a local kid there who will be with you for a couple extra years. But if they landed Quincy Ballard, you would have 12 total years of scholarship allocated at the center position. Four for Ballard. <laughs> You got four more for John Bolajak. You got three for Edwards and one for Sidibe. That's a lot right there. Yeah. Whereas maybe it's Harms, and you've got two guys at the center position who you know will be out of your program the next year. 
and you can start to retool. Or maybe Edwards has taken the next step. Or um, or John Bolajak maybe showed you some things and you feel good about your center position for the next two years where you've got two guys about the same age. Of course, John Bolajak has the extra year because he redshirted this past season. But I mean, that that's my whole thing. You don't want that log jam there. And I think that getting Quincy Ballard really kind of ties your hands. You're almost pushing guys to tran. You will be pushing yeah. guys to transfer at some point. I was going to say that. I feel like one of those would transfer then between the Ballard, John Bullishock, Jesse Edwards group. Because on one hand, like Edwards, I think is on a good track here. I like John Bullishock. I like all these guys. Like I think Quincy Ballard, would you rather have him? Yes. But you're right. It's it's a weird situation where they're searching for a center, and that's the thing that we constantly get on here and complain about when it's the middle of the ACC season and they can't get a freaking rebound and we're upset. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, to an extent, we should be rooting for this, right? This is what we've been clamoring for, but it's just another project. And it's like, why can't you reel in? Matt Harms is lofty, but Tapay was there. Just someone with experience would be great, whether it's a grad transfer or someone that can come in and be already a top 50 recruit and you know what you're getting from them. Right. And my whole thing is here, let's not root for the story, all right? Let's not root for necessarily Syracuse to bring this guy in just because he's a Syracuse kid. Let's root for a, a team that's going out and getting a guy who can go out there and make an impact for you. That guy is Matt Harms. That guy... I don't think right now is Quincy Ballard. Now, two, three years down the road, who knows? Maybe I'm eating my words, but let's let's not root for the story here, okay? Because, I mean, there's a reason why people didn't pick up steam until really late. He was a late developer. Now, does that mean he's going to take a, a bigger step next year and, and the next two years and make this an exponential growth type of thing? Or has he plateaued? We don't know right now. That's the coach's job, not ours. So, yeah. The decision is going to come down to them. My, my whole thing is when you look at guys, especially project-level centers too, I think Maryland and, and Florida State both really good fits. Uh, we, we see Florida kind of State. kind feels like just, a Florida State guy. Yeah, Florida he? State always has these big seven-foot guys, always one of the taller teams in the country. In fact, I remember a couple years ago, their average team height was taller than some NBA teams. Yeah, That's how big they were. And, I mean, this is a seven-foot guy in Ballard, so that makes a lot of sense there. Maryland's done a really good job at developing bigs, not just making them good college players, but sending them to the next level. I mean, you look at guys like Bruno Fernando and this past season with, with Jalen Smith. I mean, they have done a good job at getting guys to the next level, and that's their pitch right now is look at our last two centers that we have brought in. They are both going to be in the NBA next season. So... That Syracuse can't compete with that. The last true center that they've had drafted was Fab Mello in 2012. Now, some of you may be saying like Tyler Lydon, Chris McCullough. They were more of the NBA forward type of positions, yeah, especially Lydon with the, the whole stretch four factor of things. But yeah, Rack you haven't drafted, had a tr right? But but he was six foot nine. Like he's he would have been more of a power forward type, or he was you, more yeah. of like a power forward type of guy. Um, like you can't play center in the NBA at six foot nine, really, no, unless you yeah. play for the Rockets. But there's <laughs> right. there's that whole factor. You haven't had a true center really drafted into the NBA since 2012. That's not a great selling point for Syracuse. And quite frankly, I mean, I I I'm not too I'm not too concerned if Ballard doesn't end up playing for the Orange. Well, let's just quickly 
I think he's I feel like he's a Florida State guy. I have no intel on that. I feel like we have kind of heard that Syracuse seems to be sort of a long shot here. Maybe he does come, but to me, it just feels like that'd be too quick of a turnaround between the offer and then the decision for him. Right. Yeah, the old Patrick to pay that we've seen. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go Maryland, even though that is kind of, I think they offered a day before Syracuse, but I think the the pitch that Maryland can give is very good. Maryland also within very close proximity to Syracuse as well. So I think Maryland's the play here. So that, I mean, I'm sure Saturday at noon, we'll find out it's like Cincinnati, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, Maryland is my pick to click. I, I'd be surprised if it's Syracuse, but maybe it is Maryland. Maybe they steal another after Eric Ayala as well. So anyway, we'll keep you updated on Quincy Ballard. We'll be back Monday to talk about that, but we're still got some more to talk about here on this Friday edition. Matt Harms in the Matt Harms sweepstakes. He's cutting his list down to 10. We'll tell you if Syracuse can make it inside that top 10 next on Locked on Syracuse. Okay, final segment here on our Friday edition of Locked on Syracuse. Again, you can find us every single weekday, the only daily Syracuse podcast out there. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. If you missed any of our conversation with Sterling Hoffrichter earlier in the week, a two-part combo, which was really fun, talking to the All-American punter who's getting ready for the NFL draft. Go back and check that out. Tyler, some news just came across as we're recording here on Thursday night. You just saw a tweet, right? Yeah, we got Kendall Rogers, who is the managing editor at D1 Baseball, which is a well-respected baseball publication for college baseball. Um, but this applies to, to college basketball, college football, what have you. He says, sources, the NCAA Division I Council will discuss the implementation of a one-time transfer waiver on April 24th. The council will not vote on it that day, but a vote is expected to take place on May 20th, told the measure is expected to pass and would immediately apply. So this is oh. kind of contrary to what John yeah. Rothstein tweeted out, what was this, earlier in the week or maybe a week ago now? I don't know. Yeah. Time time no longer exists in our world <laughs> of quarantine. But um, yeah, no, this is big news, and especially for Syracuse with Alan Griffin because yeah. that could really change how you're shaping up your next year and then the year after that as well. It doesn't mean anything in the world of Matt Harms. He's a grad transfer. He's got one year of eligibility, and he is going to use it right away. But for a guy like Griffin, yes. Joshua this, Morgan. And, and Joshua Morgan as well. This is a big deal. Yeah, that's big news for Griffin because yeah. I think he changes your roster entirely. And honestly, I'm a just a little fed up with the NCAA during this. Like it, it's been like Patrick to making up his mind. Can we just yeah. tell us, tell us what's going to happen here? Because obviously I'd like to know if Griffin's going to play, but then again, that gives us something to talk about during these quarantine times and discuss. So another thing to talk about is Matt Harms. You talked about him there. He is a grad transfer, but he's the top grad transfer basically in the country right now. Purdue seven foot three center, great shot blocker would be perfect for the two, three zone. And I think, you and I both agree would start right away would be a huge ad that would without Alan Griffin or with Alan Griffin will propel this team to, I'd say top five, top six in the ACC next year. So he, he basically has a list of 25 schools, although it's not his personal list. It's just what Jeff Borzello tweeted out and what harms told Jeff Borzello were the 25 schools that reached out to him the day he announced this Syracuse of course was one of them. We now know he's cutting down his list to 10 schools on Saturday, right? Correct, yeah. So, It'll be down to 10. 
Should be an interesting mix of schools too. Yeah. Um, we can play a little guessing game in a bit, but <laughs> I mean, to to highlight Harms, you mentioned he, he's going to come in and be a starter day one. Not just that, he's going to be your best defensive player on day one because yeah. of what he can do as a shot blocker. He's nimble down in the paint as well. He's got that long frame, seven foot three. I mean, these guys are rare breeds. You don't find seven foot three guys just off the street, and like we kind of mentioned in a, to a degree with Quincy Ballard as well. But Matt Harms, great shot blocker, can give you a little bit of an outside game too. He hit 10 threes. That's 10 more threes than I've ever seen a Syracuse center hit. So um, I, I just I think this would be the absolute perfect fit. He can give you a little inside game. He's one of the best around the rim. He's got the outside game as well to go with it every once in a while. So, I mean, this could be a monster, monster ad. And, I mean, first chopping block comes on on tomorrow when when he finally trims this list down to 10 i'd be pretty disappointed if syracuse wasn't in this top 10 yeah. because mm-hmm. in the original 25 and maybe there's been some more schools since then you have to keep that in mind but there definitely has yeah, yeah i don't think totally. only 25 i in fact i would venture more than there there's triple digit schools that reached out to me yeah probably so who knows? I mean, we have no intel on how he feels about Syracuse. We know he kind of has a relationship with Jesse Edwards, but that's about the extent of it. I saw it during that athletic Q&A with yeah, Joe Girard. Yeah, I was going to up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was asked kind of about Matt Harms, and he said, like, I don't know, the coaches handle all that, but if I need to step in, I will. But he did say he had been chatting with Alan Griffin for a couple right, weeks. Right, that's what was I was going to bring up. It was like, yeah. the coaches tell us to do something, we'll do it. But, yeah, yeah no, it's that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was a cool Q&A from Joe. If you missed that, you can go check it out on The Athletic. But these other big-name schools here that we know of in these 25 that have been sort of released, you got Arizona, Kentucky, Louisville. Kentucky scares me. I don't really know why other than the fact that they are Kentucky, but we've seen Terrence Clark, the former Syracuse target, and he's obviously now going to Kentucky. He's going to be a freshman next year, I believe, if I have my Mm -hmm. years correct there. So... He has kind of tweeted about Matt Harms, or I think he quote tweeted something about him. You yeah, got Virginia Tech. You got Seton Hall, who just picked up a big time grad transfer in Bryce Aiken and South Carolina, Arizona State. I, I don't know if I if we have to pick all ten. Gonzaga I'm leaving out, but it feels like Syracuse should make the ten here, right? I think Syracuse, especially with how they've done so far in this offseason, looking at these major grad transfer and just transfers in general they've gotten a seat at the table and i don't expect this situation to be any different because of what they bring they bring the acc it's going to be i mean you're the starter day one you you play in in a defensive oriented scheme you are a defensive oriented player you can be the guy who elevates us to the next level we've got a pretty good starting backcourt and guess what they're coming back we've got some good supplementary pieces we went out and we added and again we did our whole state of recruiting with uh ben burrows last week and again we kind of mentioned yeah it's down but again this isn't the nba where where let's say recruits are draft picks and, and transfers are free agents okay in the nba you're castrated as a GM if you go out and you only sign free agents, okay? Because that's not a winning method necessarily, all right? You have to yeah. build teams up through the draft. In college, 
I mean, once this new rule passes too, go out there and use the free agency because again, there's no budget, right? There's no salary cap that you have to tinker with the entire time. Go out and, and and venture the transfer portal because that's the same thing as drafting. Essentially, you're getting a redraft, and yeah. if you go out and redraft and pluck a guy like Matt Harms into your program, I mean that that eliminates any any recruiting misses that you may have had over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think they should crack that top ten. Anything else on Matt Harms before we wrap things up for the week? So I, I know you didn't craft your top ten list for him. I, I'll release what I think Matt Harms is top okay. 10 list. Yeah, is, okay? you got it. And, and maybe we can, we can play this back on, on Monday too. So <laughs> my, my Be list for there. Matt Harms. Yeah. I've got Syracuse. I've got Seton Hall, Kentucky, Arizona, Iona, just because of Rick Patino <laughs> and the fact that they can exchange hair awesome. products that they can use together. Uh, Gonzaga, Minnesota, Texas tech, Louisville, and Virginia tech. Okay. That's my list. So then it'd be, you know, Syracuse is right in the middle there. Kentucky, Louisville, Syracuse, Gonzaga. Those are the top schools on that list. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Iona yeah. would be hysterical. I'm kind of hoping for that. <laughs> so, are we rooting for that? I think we might be. Yeah. I want Iona to play Syracuse, but I guess they can't get that in because the schedule's already booked. I think someone even asked Jim Beheim about that. I think it was Matt Gutierrez. Or yeah, it was Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. So, anyway... That's Matt Harms. We'll keep you updated. Quincy Ballard announces tomorrow at noon. At least we think he will. So we'll be back Monday to discuss more about recruiting because it's staying busy here for Syracuse. Also, with that new transfer rule and Alan Griffin, it now becomes especially important to talk about him. And we are going to chat with someone who knows this game very well, a guy who covered him while he was playing at Illinois. Tristan Kizak is going to be on the podcast on Monday. So that should be an interesting conversation. Look out for that in your podcast feed on Monday. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast while you're getting ready for the NFL Draft because that is coming up before we know it. And actually, time's kind of passing pretty quickly all of a sudden here. I hope I don't rub people the wrong way when I say that. But I feel like we're getting more into a groove here a little bit. I mean, April has hit double digit in terms it's going to it's April 10th, right? Yeah, we've hit double digits. I feel like time's starting to fly a little bit and not gonna say I I don't miss sports, but I I've oh, managed. I, I miss I, it. I've 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 managed. Okay, Tim. Yeah. I I've kind of settled into this new normal where, not that I'm okay with it, but I can survive. Yeah. I'm just bitter because today would have been the first day of the Masters here on That's Thursday. Right. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, life goes on, and we will have more podcasts for you every single weekday starting on Monday. Thanks for listening. As always, for Tyler, I'm Tim. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk soon.